Thank you for joining me on this episode of the Freed Thinker podcast and YouTube channel. Today, I'm going to be talking about the Dunning-Kruger effect um, and what is it and why is it helpful um, in, in understanding what it is when you are debating people who disagree with you about contentious issues. Now, Ludwig Wittgenstein uh, in the 20th century, written in his uh, Tractatus Logico Philosophica, said, whereof one cannot speak thereof one must remain silent that is if you don't understand a topic maybe don't dogmatically yell at people who have studied it their entire lives calling them stupid maybe now for those of you who have been around the theist atheist debates the term the dunning kruger effect may be a term that's familiar and yet undefined for many of you for those of you who are not familiar with the term let me briefly describe to you what it is the Dunning-Kruger effect is the thesis put forward by two Cornell University psychologists, David Dunning and Justin Kruger. Through various experiments on lab rats, i.e. undergrad students, they attempted to show that there exists a certain kind of cognitive bias whereby certain unskilled individuals tend to assess their abilities and skills as higher than what they actually are. The researchers credit this increased confidence to a metacognitive inability for them to recognize their own lack of ability. Some people mistakenly think that the Dunning-Kruger effect just means that someone is wrong but thinks they're right. That's an incomplete understanding of the thesis. The Dunning-Kruger effect goes further and postulates that it is precisely the skills that one would have to have learned had they been properly educated or trained in a field that are the exact skills one would need in order to identify the fact that they are unskilled in said field in the first place. That is, their blind spot is exactly in the place where they would need to have training to know that they have a blind spot. It's kind of a catch-22. As Dunning so succinctly put it, quote, if you're incompetent, you can't know you're incompetent. The skills you need to produce a right answer are exactly the skills you need to recognize what a right answer is, end quote. In other words, unskilled people fail to realize that they're unskilled because one of the skills which they lack is precisely the skill needed to differentiate between skilled and unskilled in that given field. It's a tongue twister, I know. Many of you may have engaged with people in discussion or debate and been so frustrated by their apparent lack of understanding coupled with their simultaneous overestimation of their own skill or knowledge, and yet you're not quite able to describe exactly what's going on. Well, what you're observing was likely the Dunning-Kruger effect in effect. There, now, there are various ways to graph out a visual representation of the Dunning-Kruger effect, some ranging from serious to comical, and I'll post them, uh, these images, in the show notes so you can kind of see them. They're usually of the type that goes, uh, I think this is left to right for you all, uh, start at the bottom when it comes to confidence and knowledge and skill on the bottom. It goes 
little skill, high confidence as you get more skill, your confidence, your knowledge goes down, but then you start to gain more confidence back as you get more studied because you know that you're understanding it uh, based on your skill. Um, some of those have called uh, the, the, that first peak the, 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 the summit of Mount Stupid or something along those lines. Now, where someone would fall into one of those graphs is largely measurable by using various metrics. The list that I'm about to give you is the Dunning-Kruger effect indicators and the justifications presented by Dunning and Kruger. You'll notice that each indicator is then expanded upon and clarified within a corresponding car uh, comment uh, from a gentleman by the name of Jay Burke. It's important to note that these indicators uh, function much more like a spectrum of severity that a person could fall somewhere along the line of. And thus, someone could suffer from Dunning-Kruger to greater or lesser degrees, depending on the field in question, and it could be expressed to greater or lesser degrees across these eight indicators. The idea is that the more of these indicators a person exhibits, and to a stronger degree, the more probable it is that such a person is suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect. The following layout for these indicators and the initial references I'm getting are, again, from Jay Burke. These are not my, my own, so I want to give credit where credit is due. Okay, the eight indicators of the Dunning-Kruger effect are, number one, skill boundary transgression. That is, the individual is seeking to operate as an authority or a qualified individual in a field beyond their personal level of academic or professional qualification. Uh, Burke says, uh, incompetent individuals compared with their more competent peers will dramatically overestimate their ability and performance relative to ob objective criteria. The importance of the formal academic and professional qualifications is that they constitute objective criteria by which competency can be assessed. So we should place less trust in those lacking such qualifications. Second, self-identified authority. That is, the individual identifies themselves as sufficiently competent to comment authoritatively on the subject, or that is, they can comment with a degree of authority or, um, or expertise on the topic. They comment as if they know a lot about it and what the truth of the matter is in that field. Uh, Burke again, these findings suggest that unaccomplished individuals do not possess the degree of metacognitive skills. By the way, metacognitive skills is our cognitive thoughts about our thoughts. They're meta to our cognition. Uh, they do not possess the degree of metacognitive skills necessary for accurate self-assessment that their more accomplished counterparts possess. We cannot rely on those who are not academically and professionally qualified in a particular field to assess accurately their own authority and competence in that field, end quote. Number three, unrecognized confidence. The individual's self-assessed competence is not recognized by those who are academically and professional competence. Uh, Burke again, we propose that those with limited knowledge in a domain suffer a dual burden. Not only do they reach mistaken conclusions and make regrettable errors, but their incompetence robs them from the ability to recognize it. It is far more likely that an unqualified non-professional will be wrong in a given field of specialization than a qualified professional whose competency has been recognized formally by their equally qualified peers. Number four, false peers. 
That is, the individual believes that the favorable commentary of other unskilled and non-professional individuals indicates that they themselves are sufficiently qualified. Burke again, some tasks and settings uh, preclude people from receiving self-correcting information that would reveal the suboptimal nature of their decisions. By keeping themselves predominantly in the intellectual company of those who agree with them, individuals experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect place themselves in a setting which typically prevents their errors being exposed Instead, keeping them in a kind of intellectual echo chamber in which their views are reinforced by being repeated back to them with approval by those also unqualified to assess them competently. End quote. Number five, scrutiny avoidance. This is a big one. Uh, the individual fails to submit their work for professional scrutiny, such as the relevant scholarly literature, for review by those genuinely qualified. Uh, Burke writes, one reason is that people seldom receive negative feedback about their skills and abilities from others in everyday life. Avoidance of scrutiny by professionals enhances this effect, keeping the unqualified away from those who are best able to expose their errors and preserving their self-delusion that they are correct. Number six, pioneer complex. The individual self-identifies as a pioneer uncovering previously unknown or unrecognized facts, a, a Copernicus or a Galileo. Here often, <clears throat> if I could interject uh, outside of what I, what I have uh, prepared and planned, here, this, this, what I often find this is the person not only, not, maybe not as big, they're, they're, they're groundbreaking in a field and that they're discovering something new, but that they have debunked the opposing view in ways that no one else has had no one else had so they have given these novel objections they are the ones who have defeated and vanquished the foes from the other side they are pioneering in in their in their uh in their criticisms of other views and they've advanced those criticisms stronger and better and farther maybe not copernicus or galileo uh, but maybe they are christopher columbus's uh you know pushing the boundaries into a brave new world of the defeat of their enemies so uh, that's a lot of times where i see the pioneer complex especially in some of these youtube channels okay uh burke writes this is a self-delusional identification since neither copernicus nor galileo were gifted amateurs opposing a body of professionals both men were professionals holding formal teaching positions, and Galileo in particular knew that the subject should be decided by professional astronomers, placing no value whatsoever on the opinions of the unqualified. Writing against the papal edict, silencing publications on heliocentrism in the preface of his dialogue in 1632, Galileo scorned the unqualified amateur. Galileo writes, Complaint, uh, complaints were to be heard that advisors who were totally unskilled in astronomical observations ought not to clip the wings and, of reflective intellects by means of rash prohibitions. Okay, number seven, conspiracy claims. This is a fun one. The individual explains opposition by qualified professionals or as by, by those who, who have studied and have gained some level of expertise greater than theirs as a coordinated attempt to suppress the truth in order to defend the existing scholarly consensus. Uh, this will come up a lot of times. Again, if I can interject, I can give an example of this one. 
This will come up, uh, especially among like Jesus mythicists, when 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 pointed out that really no New Testament scholar, even the atheist, highly critical agnostic ones, and they'll say, oh, well, they're just trying to, you know, keep the status quo. They have to keep their job. Right. It becomes this big conspiracy claim why why atheist scholars also aren't Jesus mythicists, for example. So that's that's one example of it. Okay, Burke writes on this. Third, even if people receive negative feedback, they still must come to an accurate understanding of why that failure has occurred. The problem with failure is that it's subject to more attritional ambiguity to success. For success to occur, many things must go right. The person must be skilled, apply effort, and perhaps be a bit lucky. For failure to occur, the lack of any one of these components is sufficient. Because of this, even if people receive feedback that points to lack of skill, they may attribute it to some other factor. When an unqualified non-professional attributes opposition or, uh, to or dismissal of their theories by qualified professionals as a conspiracy to maintain the intellectual status quo, the Dunning-Kruger effect is very likely responsible. An example is the Science and Public Policy Institute, a nonprofit group in the U.S. which opposes the scientific consensus on global warming. People who are not scientists or even experts on the subject, they write, about often write that SPPI reports and many convey conspiratorial themes. For example, an SPPI publication by Joanne Nova, who describes herself as a freelance science presenter, writer, and former TV host, exemplifies not only the Dunning-Kruger effect, but also the inactivists' movement frustrations with mainstream climate science in his inflated sense of victimhood. Um, okay, last one, number eight, allocentric claims of bias. This is where the individual explains the difference between their view and those of qualified professionals or skilled individuals as the result of inherent bias on the part of the professionals. Accusations of bias are directed at anyone other than themselves, and they and they are the ones who claim objectivity. Uh, by the way, Burke didn't really say much on this one, but uh, just so you know, an allocentric means that it's focused on others. It's aimed at somebody else. It's it's kind of a, a deflection of the criticism against them, trying to mirror it back to other people. Now, here it's important to note that before one begins to evaluate the statements made by some individual, they should realize that unless they're tr a trained psychologist, they should not attempt a definitive diagnosis. A Dunning-Kruger effect is a psychological diagnosis. The irony of that, of doing that with Dunning-Kruger itself may rip the very fabric of nature apart where <laughs> if, you, if you're trying to apply Dunning-Kruger effect uh, and, and, and assess that of someone specifically as a diagnosis without being qualified, you're doing the very thing, right? There's a great irony in that. So uh, let me be clear that when I think that someone is exhibiting indicators that they are being guided or affected by the Dunning-Kruger effect, I don't pretend to be qualified to make such a strong evaluation of this individual as an actual diagnosis. Rather, my comments and, and, and what other people can say in this regard are, are simple facts about the kinds of actions and statements that this person is publicly presenting in conjunction with their apparent lack of skill and training, which lead me to think that the Dunning-Kruger effect is likely a robust enough explanation for these features of their statements. 
It's a framework that seems to fit well with the majority of the data about this person and in the context of what they're dogmatically claiming, but in no way should be construed as, as me or anyone else actually trying to diagnose them, like give them a real clinical uh, di uh, diagnostic. Now, observing that someone is experiencing the Dunning-Kruger effect also doesn't mean at all that the person is unintelligent or stupid or anything like that, or that they're, <clears throat> they're uned uneducated in other fields. I'm fully convinced that individuals who are quite intelligent and very well-versed in some topics can be completely biased in others, which is partly what leads to the frustrations that occur in these conversations. The Dunning-Kruger effect applies to areas where an individual is unskilled or has not undergone adequate or comprehensive academic or technical training to merit their level of confidence in their assertions on the topic or, or uh, about actual experts in the field to which they're making their claims. So I, I don't mean this is as any type of slight against any person's character or to insinuate that they're unintelligent or immoral or stupid or something like that. If I, if I say that it looks like someone is suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect, what I mean is quite literally their comments seem to be very, very dogmatic, very, very certain that something is the case in a way that displays or in conjunction with my knowledge that this person is at a very, very low level of skill and academic training in a certain area precisely in the way that they would need that training to understand why their over-dogmatic claims uh, are unwarranted. So I'm sure that observers and participants of <clears throat> both sides of any contentious discussion, and often uh, there, there, there are both sides of any contentious issue, whether this be, you know, atheists and it related to this channel, atheists and, and theists, uh, you know, atheist apologists and Christian apologists, whether it comes to evolution and, and non-evolutionary views, abortion and anti-abortion, Calvinism and non-Calvinism, free will and compatibilism or determinism. It doesn't matter what, what topic. I'm sure anyone from any side will be able to think of numerous examples <clears throat> of when they have observed the Dunning-Kruger effect in action. And by the way, the more skilled and more trained you are in a certain topic, the more quickly you will be able to tell if someone is speaking out the back of their neck, so to speak. Now, I find generally that asking, and people who have, who have watched me in debates or have watched my online interactions with people will know that once I start to sense or, or tell that someone really is speaking out of the back of their neck um, and hasn't uh, done through any academic study, they're just kind of parroting what they've heard. Maybe they did a, a Google search and, and, and skimmed a Wikipedia article one time. <clears throat> once I start noticing that, especially in, in, when, it, when it's dealing with the topic that I have studied for, you know, two decades uh, at, at, and have academic degree in, for example, um, I will ask them typically, what academic or scholarly literature have you read that informs your understanding of that topic? I, I think that that's usually a helpful indicator, though it's not an all-purpose tool. More often than not, people who appear to clearly be suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect will have made very, very strong claims with regard to a topic, even telling people who do have a higher levels of academic familiarity with that topic that their views of it are stupid or completely unevidenced or no one believes it, to which their level of dogmatic certainty is just simply unwarranted by the little to no research uh, or training or skill that they actually have. Once asked that question, rather than admitting that they've simply not studied and then realizing that they should moderate their beliefs in accord with their lack of study, 
the person exhibiting signs of Dunning-Kruger will instead go on the offensive, ridiculing the question, claiming that they don't need to study because the literature is all written by advocates of X anyways, or they'll go to other, again, uh, again, they'll, they'll go to fal the, the false peers, they'll go to uh, other writings. A lot of times it's, you ask for an academic source and you'll get like, another amateur blog post of like an unnamed blog saying the same thing it's just all assertions you get that same type of thing um and and and, and they'll say that they don't need to study in the literature is all written by advocates of that view and you know of your view anyways and claiming that they've studied the data for themselves and they don't need they don't they don't need to read any experts or they'll they'll try some type of two quake maneuver asking if the questioner if you've read all the literature so that you know that what they say is wrong and so on and so forth now here, again, I'm not making claims as to who is guilty and who isn't or casting any type of blame. I'm not saying it's always the, the, the anti-Calvinist. I'm not saying it's always the atheist, uh, right? Anything like that. I merely want to give us the tools for people to analyze why some of these conversations turn out to be um, pretty not productive and to remind us that we ought to moderate our psychological state of conviction, our, our level of, of certainty or, certain, or, or, or level of, of kind of dogmatic certainty in accord with the level of research of, of the real strong academic literature of something that we've actually completed in a field or the level of training that we have in a field, we really should, we really should moderate that. So um, if, if you're one of those people, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to call, I'll call out some different groups, but if you're one of those people, you're an atheist and you're like, I don't need to study any of the theistic literature. It's all stupid anyways. You're, you're, you may be suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect, right? If you're, if, you're, if you're a Calvinist and you're like, all, all non-Calvinists are just, you know, Pelagian Arminians and, and all that kind of stuff. And, and, and the only thing I ever listened to is, I don't know, I, I, I can't think of a, I don't want to, I don't want to, I don't want to blame, I don't actually want to name names of, of people that I would say that that's a, a bad example of. But, you know, I, you only read your, your inside sources of people who agree with you. You're never actually engaging the academic literature and the scholarly literature from Arminians uh, or, or other non-Calvinists who are in, you know, in, in teaching in theological seminaries and publishing in peer-reviewed journals. and You're not actually understanding their views and so on and so forth. You may be suffering from the Dunning-Kruger effect. Um, Jesus mythicists, I, I, I mean, uh, I, I'll just be flat out honest. I think Jesus mythicism just is an exercise in the Dunning-Kruger effect. Uh, it, you know, it's it's kind of like a, a paradigmatic example. I, I don't think I've met one that doesn't seem to be like deep in the trenches of the Dunning-Kruger effect. I, I, you know, anyone anyone who's engaged with Jesus mythicism and those types of arguments know that it's uh, it's it, it, it's every, everything is conspiracy theory about the academics. There, you know, they I don't know. It's 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 a bizarre position. The same for things like Wilsonians who are the whole like. Oh, Augustinian determinism, like everything about Calvinism is just from Gnostic Manichaeanism. And I have this one source from this like hand doctor and yeah, he got a PhD in the topic, but like no other scholars in the field even know who he is or recognize him or have adopted his views. And when asked about his thesis, basically say, yeah, a bunch of stupid things go through, it <laughs> passes through PhD. So, uh, so it, you know, those types of, those types of positions, 
you may be suffering from the Dunning Kruger effect, and it, and it goes it goes in all directions. There are and there are going to be positions that I think are true. Again, I called out uh, you know Calvinists. Uh, I, I can do the same th you know same thing for lots of views that I hold. There will be people who hold your own view that suffer from the Dunning Kruger effect, and they're over level of confidence compared to their skill because they're making bad arguments. So it goes all or, all around the board. Um, but I, I hope this was helpful in understanding why some of these conversations don't seem to be that productive when you're dealing with someone who has a high level of confidence and a low level uh, of skill. So thank you again for joining me on this episode of the Freed Thinker Podcast. As always, if you have any questions, comments, concerns, commendations, or condemnations, please feel free to uh, reach out to me. You can email me at freedthinkerpodcast at gmail.com. You can visit the blog, freedthinkerpodcast.blogspot.com. Or the best way, why don't you come and join the conversation by joining the Free Thinker group page on Facebook. Again, thank you so much for joining. Good night or good day and God bless.